Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host this evening, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter, joined by the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. And we'll we'll get into it here in just a second. Obviously, it's been a rough day in the city of Houston, and obviously down uh, down south in Santa Fe. Texas put out a statement of sending your thoughts and prayers, and obviously Mark and I do as well. School, sh- school shootings are obviously – uh, popping up way too often uh, throughout the states. And I, Mark, have been um, – I saw one happen at a school that I thought it would never happen uh, six years ago. I lost a, a mentor and a good friend of mine, the woman that hired me, uh, due to a school shooting. So it always hits home, uh, and I know you echo the thoughts of our thoughts and prayers being with everybody there in Santa Fe and everybody in the surrounding areas to, to be safe, to be careful, and give love to one another. Yeah, and unfortunately it's so difficult to even – you know, wrap your mind around this. Yeah. And, and yeah, our thoughts, prayers eternally go for all the families, the victims involved with the shooting. And there are just too many sick people in the world. It's so horrible. Yeah. And I know that's nothing we can solve here. But, again, um, I can't say enough about the people in Santa Fe and, and the surrounding areas and all the all the work that the first responders have done, of course. But, uh but our thoughts are with the families and the victims, first and foremost. You know, Mark, I thought about this earlier. Uh, if, you're, if you're a senior in the class of 2018 at Santa Fe, you started your senior year with Hurricane Harvey, and you end it with a tragedy like this. I yeah. mean, I just it, – it's – you know, when I think back to, to our senior years in high school and you think about what, what you were worried about in mm-hmm. high school, it was, you know, what were you going to wear to prom? You know, right. who were you going to go to homecoming with? Yeah. Um, and now these kids forever uh, will be associated. I mean, not associated, but they'll have this association yep. Yep. rather with uh, with what you described. And it's just terrible. It's tragic in, in every imaginable way. It really is. And and I've said this. Uh, I said this to my wife before the show tonight. I said it to to Drew. We'll have Drew on in uh, in the next segment. It's it's as tough a day to do radio because for yeah. what we do, mm-hmm. we are we are. I feel like we are supposed to be a diversion for people. They can listen to us. They can get away from the things that ail them on a, on a daily basis. But we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what was going on, especially right. something like this so close to our physical home yep. uh, down in Santa Fe. So we're going to do everything possible to talk football, talk Texans, try and keep people's uh, mind off a tragedy. If that's the if that's the one thing that we can well, do, the then we're try up. to do it. Or yep. the spirits yep. up, yep. whatever it is we can do, because we'll do what we do. And I was on the air with Seth and Landry this morning because Mike yep. was out when it all occurred, and uh, and it was it's just strange when it's happening live and you're wondering what's happening. Right. You don't have all the information yet, and you're still on a sports talk radio station. Yep. And then there's that moment of when do you when do you not become a sports talk radio station right. anymore? Uh, when do you decide to be a news station? And uh, but that's hardly the uh, the pressing issue here. Right. The issue is what happened in Santa Fe, the families, the victims. But we are here to talk football. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're definitely going to do that. We'll have Drew here uh, in a little bit. We'll hear from we'll hear from a guy that was actually on with Seth and Landry this morning. Mm-hmm. They had three defensive linemen on. Yep. They had DJ Reader. They had Carlos Watkins, and they also had a guy that will join us tonight, DJ Dunny. DJ Dunny, awesome. He's great. Yeah, he uh, had a great year last year in 2017, by the way. See, it was funny because I saw Travis Johnson this morning at that Jamie's Hope tournament at Wildcat where they were doing the broadcast on Sports Radio 610. And then you see 
you know, that's, an, that's a defensive lineman from the past, class of 2005. Then you see the new guys. Yeah. And it was just the funny, <laughs> the, the passage of time. It yeah. just showed me the passage of time once again. You know, yep. when you see these young bucks in there, and they're playing in this golf tournament, and they're making the charity tour or whatever of the spring, you know, yep. while they don't have to be here all the time. Because Fridays they have off in this strength and conditioning right. program. Right. I think we want to be clear about that. Most Fridays. So uh, they're trying to enjoy the day. Uh, out there at Wildcat, they were. And uh, it's great. Brandon Dunn, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about colorful personalities on this team. He is right up there with the very best. I would put him in the top five for sure, maybe the top three. Uh, when you just talk about sheer entertainment value, so you don't want to miss the interview today. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, Brandon Dunn, we'll have Drew Doherty on as well. Figured, Mark, this would be a good time. And it was funny because listening to Landry and Seth, Seth in particular talking about the three defense alignment, and there's been so much talk about the new sports performance area here and what's changed with nutrition and the weight room and things mm-hmm. like that. And Seth was, after you had gotten off the air, Seth was remarking about how those guys looked and just impressed by what he was seeing and was hoping, man, if the whole team looks like that, what's this team going to look like in 2018? And and I think the the biggest thing is just obviously keeping everybody healthy, but that was kind of interesting to hear Seth react to that aspect yep. of seeing those guys. And they were a good interview. It was interesting to hear those the three of them on with a former defensive lineman, Seth Payne. But him remarking about what they look like was very was very interesting to me from that standpoint because they do. You see these guys, and, and we see them every day. So sometimes if a guy's body – you know, has changed significantly. We really see it in April right. or in May, but these guys have been so locked in lately. You're, you're seeing changes almost every day because of the way they're eating, the way they're working out, the way they're doing things and practicing. And the next week we'll be able to see them all on the field during OTAs. Here's what's going to be interesting. After the minicamp, they are allowed to go wherever they want to go. It'll be interesting to see how many guys want to stick around. Yeah. Because clearly you have family obligations. That's when everyone has to take their family vacations. You have to take it then. Otherwise, you have no time. Now, the players could take it before strength and conditioning, but that's a nine-week program. So nine weeks, you're kind of locked in here. Right. And then you are able to go away for about five weeks. So I think a lot of guys will be sticking around. I think Luke Richardson, I don't know what kind of break he's planning on taking, but I'll tell you what, his facility here will get plenty of action during that time. It often does anyway. Yep. And they're not allowed, I guess they're not allowed to throw here at the Houston Methodist Training Center, which is always interesting to me. I mean, Bill O'Brien brings that up all the time. But they can work out here, which is kind of strange to me. If you can do one, why can't you do the other? But anyway, they can work out here, and I believe a lot of guys will be sticking around to do that. Yeah, and I always, as a former coach, and you don't have to be a former coach to love that, but I always loved that when my players in the summer were able to get together and I would ask them to come up together and work out and mm-hmm. do those things, and then we'd go out to the field. And our other part of conditioning was running routes, throwing a football, doing some things outside. Did they have the seven-on-seven seven much when you were You know, it coaching? was just – it was really – it was it was starting, but it was mm-hmm. just really in its in its infancy, so to speak. It How really is that kind of legal? Break. Tell me. Because and, that's like – that's a voluntary and, thing. And, voluntary in air quotes, right? Right, voluntary, right. Yeah. In, because in if you're a high quotes. school program, you're not doing seven-on-seven seven, – you're dead. You're lost. Right? Unless yes, you're, lost. you're a stud athlete who wants to play baseball, too. Like, how does that like, work here in the Texas high schools if you're a 6A stud know. high school football prospect, but you want to play baseball also? Is that discouraged? or how does? It, well, actually, baseball season's over. Yeah, right? it is. But I, I would imagine. For the most part. I would imagine it's all based essentially on how valuable you are to that particular team. If you can play a few sports and you're athletic and 
you're good enough, talented enough to, to I don't say get away with it, but mm-hmm. if you can. Now, there's some, you know, 2A and 3A schools. They need all the players they can get. Right. So they're bouncing different sports. But some of the big 6A schools have got, what, four and 5,000 kids in the school uh-huh. where they don't necessarily need it unless, say it's, you know, say it's a guy that makes, you know, say it's Devion Clowney and Clowney wants to go play basketball. <laughs> you know, the football coach is like, all right, uh, sure, go ahead. And the basketball coach is like, yeah, come on. I mean, He's going to play in basketball. He's going to play in football. You're not going to not play him in football because he's playing in basketball. He's missing valuable time, I guess. But uh, I think in the bigger schools, you probably can get away a little bit more with that specialization mm-hmm. unless you've got just a special, special player. I mean, even a guy like LeBron James played multiple sports up until his senior year when he realized, yeah, this basketball thing is going to work out for me. I better, I better 86 to football. But you can tell when you see him on the Ohio State sideline how much he – enjoyed football, how much he loved football, but he had to give it up because it it was not financially responsible for him to go on a football field and take a chance because within a year he was going to be one of the highest paid athletes in the sports at 18 years old or 19, whatever it was. So even he played multiple sports up until that last year. You know, LeBron's high school coach early on in his high school career was Keith Dambrot, who yep. is at Akron still, yes. I believe, mm-hmm. and was at Central Michigan when I first got there oh. like 100 years ago. And he had a horrible incident happen to him. Well, he caused it at Central Michigan. But he overcame it with LeBron's blessing. And he said uh, a word you should never say to anybody, uh, particularly anybody who's a minority. And he did it in a way that he thought was a motivator and thought it was acceptable. And you you can't go there. Uh, But he overcame it because LeBron's like, he's really not a racist. He's a good guy. Uh, He made a terrible mistake. He's apologetic. And he completely resurrected his career to be a head coach at Akron. So good for him. But I brought that up because, you know, LeBron is that kind of power, you know. And I I often think there was that commercial where LeBron's playing for the Cleveland Browns. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see LeBron in a football uniform. You do? I, I would love to see LeBron with some training in a football uniform. Maybe, look, he's, what, 33 now? He's getting uh, up there. 2003 is, well, wait, wait, no. 2000, when was Yao drafted? 2002? Because mm-hmm. LeBron was the next year. So 2003 oh graduated. Gosh. Oh, So 15, gosh. so he's 30, yeah, 33. It's been that long. It's been that long. And you know what makes me sad about that, what you just said? That Yao was only a year before him, and yeah. Yao's been gone, gone. Like he's still with us. He's still alive. <laughs> right. he's still but he's alive. been gone for years. You know who I didn't realize was still alive? This oh. is going to sound crazy, but I heard this morning Boomer Sison do a sports minute. Jack Whitaker. I Jack didn't realize Whitaker Jack still Whitaker was still alive. What? Why did Boomer, Boomer g- bring him up? It's his birthday. He gave him a birthday shout out. Oh gosh! And he said Jack Whitaker's still alive, and I was. Really? I had uh, that's, I no, mean, I had no Dick idea. Dick Enberg is dead, I, and Jack Whitaker is still alive. Uh, no, but either There's way, that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there definitely is that. If, and we hear this, uh, we, I've heard this brought up a few times, could LeBron James step right in and be an NFL football player? Look, I, no. think, there are too many, I think there are too many nuances for him to step in right away. But I well, think how much you practice him, are we talking about? Right. If you gave him some time mm-hmm. to learn how to play wide receiver or H-back, tight end, whatever. Well, red zone threat. <laughs> hang on a second. How, when are we playing the game? Give me, give me a date. Give me a date. When's our game? Uh, you mean like in the season? But No, like it's right now and LeBron says, I'll play football. When are we – like how much time do I have to get him ready? You got, you got a, 
You got a year. A year, I'll be fine. Right. But although, you know, he's not getting any younger, so you have to take that into account. True. Because he could get injured on the first play, and it's over. No, no, no. I mean, if right? you took that out. But if you gave me a week with LeBron, I could I could put him in there in a couple of red zone plays. Sure. And get him, oh. You know, all right, we'll get to the 12 Does yard line. Does he even line. have to run a route at that point? I mean, if you're down in the red zone, does he really have to run Go to the route? corner. But he does. He knows how to run routes. I mean, he was yeah, all-state receiver in Ohio. Saying, saying, you know, like, go to the corner, make a play. Oh, yeah, it's it's a done deal. It's a disservice to NFL players to say that because, you know, the Honey well, Badgers listening right now say, all right, give me a shot at that. I'll no, take that shot. Listen, I understand. Mm-hmm. But if you ask, these, ask an NFL defensive back and say, okay, who's the toughest guy you guard? Who's, yeah. And then who's the biggest guy that you guard? And they'll probably say Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans is 6'6", six, six, right? Yeah. You're talking about a guy that's 6'9". Right. And not only is he 6'9", he's 6'9", 240. Mm-hmm. So he's also 15 pounds heavier than everybody else. So, yeah, these defensive backs can get mad all they want. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, some of them can get up. I mean, Jalen Ramsey would be the one guy I would say, okay, he could probably get up on LeBron and probably do some things. Got to make the right throw. But, the, but that's the thing. For most guys, that ball's got to be coming down to let them go up and get this, you're, You could throw that ball like you're going to throw it in the second oh, row of the I stands. See. He'll go up and, and get it. And he just goes up and gets it. He's such a tremendous athlete. But it's also, you know, I bring up the Mario Eli story all the time. Mario in eighth grade was hit, and he just he was crying on the way home because he's, <laughs> he doesn't want to play football. He doesn't like yeah. getting hit. Some guys don't like getting hit. LeBron oh, yeah, right. has played some high school football right. at a decent enough level to have experienced that, so he knows, you know, a little bit of what you're getting into. But at the NFL level, mm, no. It is vicious and physical, and look, people are physical with LeBron on the basketball court, but yep. it's a different deal. If you have that kind of athletic ability, you're going to be great. You know, yeah, all these guys could have been great athletes at whatever they do. Yeah, there's there's no question. If you had a whole year to prepare him for NFL football mm-hmm. and he could stay healthy, where he could learn the entire route. I might make him things. quarterback, Johnny. I might make him quarterback. Why, you've seen him on that Sprite commercial he throw makes, a can? He makes good decisions with the ball. All right, <laughs> you do. You want Deshaun Watson? Or you want LeBron? Uh, Chris Paul is my quarterback. I want Chris Paul to be my quarterback. Let him dart around, make plays, make good throws. I think he's the next Russell Wilson. And right. yeah, Chris Paul is what six three. He would tower over a guy like Russell. Wilson. It's so funny. Six three. He kind of looks little. I know. Ish on the basketball court. <laughs> That's it's what I'm all saying relative. about LeBron. He gets out there yeah. on the football field, and you're gonna. What is this? Well, I, I mean, the DBs now have to cover guys that are you know six six like Mike Evans, but most of the receivers. Nowadays, they're getting, I mean, like Odell Beckham, 6'1", 6'2", right. DeAndre, 6'2". You're not covering a guy 6'9". No, you're, you're not. You're not covering a guy that size. No, that's a good point. Not at all. That's a good point. I mean, if all you did with him was just throw fades to him. I mean, yeah. LeBron, seriously. You can get I mean, him ready. Listen, you give me LeBron James and uh-huh. Allen Iverson and put him on, I, I'm right. good. I'm good. Even now, I could take Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, I'm telling you right now, if you give him half a year to get in shape, he could play safety for somebody. What's James Harden? You know who James Harden is? He's Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he's got that kind of— Maybe more of a receiver than a runner. He's like the the receiver version of Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to run him sometimes. I'm going to run him as a receiver. You know what he is? You know, if if he— if you've ever seen Doug Baldwin run his routes and just completely leave people, mm-hmm. which is the way he comes off the ball, that's oh, yeah. James Harden. Yeah, he'll break ankles all over oh, the place. Unbelievable. Won't really run away from everybody, but the the fact that he can get mm-hmm. away from everybody, get that separate, that's James. That, like, that would be James. DeAndre, in the footage that we have when the Texans were practicing against the Redskins in Richmond, who was it that he broke the ankles <laughs> of? Hall. D'Angelo Hall. Just completely I'm shattered. Oh, just completely destroyed it. Mark, appreciate you coming by. Thanks, Johnny. All right, coming up next, DJ Dunny, Brandon Dunn, who I thought was fabulous in 2017. 
joins us next right here in Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And, you know, typically, especially on a Friday, you know I've got a lot more energy than this. But I think my my heart and soul hurt a little bit today like a lot of you in this city of Houston after what's transpired down in Santa Fe at Santa Fe High School, the school shooting there earlier this morning, uh, the unimaginable tragedy that has taken place. Uh, we've seen it throughout the the country lately, the last four or five years in particular. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the first segment that I had happened um, to a good friend of mine, uh, my mentor, the person who hired me. In fact, everything in my life I owe to because – she hired both my wife and myself uh, at Episcopal High School in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, and she was taken in a school shooting. So um, the, the tragedy, the, the indelible uh, images you have of that particular day, it's just, man, it's, it's hard to put into words. It really is. But our thoughts go out to everybody down in Santa Fe. So as Mark and I did last segment and Drew and I will do in the next, we're going to try to talk ball, try to talk about the Texans, because if you came to this show, it's probably what you were looking for to try and get away from things. But obviously, we, we understand its place in the world, especially right here in Houston after what's transpired. So let's get back into it with a guy that we interviewed. Actually, DP and Mark had a chance to interview Brandon Dunn a couple of weeks ago. And I remember we were going to the Greenbrier in 2017. And I do this exercise. And in fact, I've, I did it back in, in March and I'll probably do it again before we go to the Greenbrier. But I think a lot of people do this exercise, especially in our world, in the media world. We try and come up with what we think the 53-man roster will be. And I remember Sarah Barshaw from ESPN had done that exercise. And I'm always curious what other people, especially those in the media that cover the team, that are around the team a lot, have to say. And I remember when she did her 53-man roster. Now, for the majority of the roster, we agree. We knew who was going to be on the roster. We had a pretty good idea. But I thought one of the positions that was going to be pretty tough was in the defensive line. And so when I went through the defensive line and did it for me, I remember I did not have Brandon Dunn in my initial 53. And Sarah Barshop did, and I remember thinking, boy, she thinks Brandon Dunn's going to make the roster. I don't know about that. And I remember from the first day of training camp of last year going forward, I remember thinking, boy, I was wrong. Sarah was dead on. Brandon Dunn was was fantastic. He got into the season I thought he was excellent. He didn't get a lot of credit for the things he was doing as defensive linemen don't get a ton of credit for the things they do, but he was very difficult to block. And when he was in there with DJ Reader, the two of them were in there together, I thought I thought Brandon Dunn came leaps and bounds from where he was, healthy, in shape, ready to go. He fought through a couple of nagging injuries throughout the year. I thought Brandon Dunn was one of the top defensive players this team had last year, even though he's not going to produce a ton of tackles for loss or sacks. But holding up against the run and playing the run, getting some pressure uh, from a pass rush perspective, Brandon Dunn can do those things. And I think the Texans found a significant player for them going forward on the defensive line in Brandon Dunn. And, of course, he is the locker room DJ, hence the name DJ Dunny. And DJ Dunny stepped in the studio a couple days ago with Mark Vandermeer and D.B. Sidhu. DJ Dunny, Brandon Dunn, how's it going? Going good, going good. Just finished the workout, uh, and I got blessed with you uh, seeing you guys today. 
I'd like to say that the DJ Denny name, which I heard on Mark's broadcast during one I've of the games. I've used it on the air. He you uses have, it on the air. You make a play, I'm saying DJ Dunny. It's on. That so originated off of Kareem Jackson's yep. KJAC TV. Yes. They, it was a random question about if you had a house party, who would be the DJ? And it was almost unanimous. All the defensive guys, at least, said Brandon Dunn. And yep. they all called you Dunny. Yeah. And then someone said DJ Dunny. And then we made a little promo for DJ Dunny. Um, you know, appreciate it appreciate for, it. for his first DJ skills. Do you play what you like, or do you try to mix it up? Because you're playing stuff for everybody sometimes. In the locker room. You're the well, locker room it's, DJ. It, it, it's, it's by days. You know, depending on this Wednesday, is wild out Wednesdays. You know, <laughs> what does Earth, that mean? It's just, the, you know, the most loud, craziest music okay. to get us going for Wednesday, because that's the hardest day of practice. Right. And then it's Thursday. It's throwback Thursday. So you'll see a lot of old school uh, old school joints. You'll listen to mm-hmm. it. You know, you a lot of guys. But it's all universal. And then Friday is just freestyle Fridays. I <laughs> oh might throw an instrumental on there. That you see some of the guys coming together just freestyling, and then it is what it is. We're this at- has got to be a club. This is not yeah. just a DJ. You need to have, like, a theme. The locker room is, like, yours. It is. It is. And, you know, yeah. it, it can, you know, the job's not easy. No. Oh, it's it not like easy. It. There's a know. lot of thought that goes into this music. It production. is. It is. You got to be on it. I mean, I got you know, I got iTunes, Spotify. You have a name. You name it all. I got it all. Whenever the new music get in it, man, we got some guys who was on top of it. So I have some friends that are DJs. They hate it when people come up and tell the DJ what to play. Do you get a lot of that? I do get a lot of that. How I do, do you get a lot it? of that? I mean, I don't even. Yeah, I, 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 they come to me with the disrespect. I, they get it right back. Okay. You know, I they, like they got to. You got to let it. You know, you got to. You know, cut it off right there. You can let Good. your set breathe a little bit, yeah. right? You know, some guys like to lie, like, yeah, yeah, I got you. They don't play it again. The next thing you know, that's bad blood. You know, it seems like, hey, can you play this song? No, we're not playing it today. Can you please? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Brandon Dunn joining us. You're one of those guys who's gotten better every year, which is what you're Thank supposed you. to Thank do, you. but it's easier said than done. Yeah. So how have you done that? Man, you got uh, to some, uh, some, look in the mirror. You got to. You know, every, each year, you know, if you're not progressing, you know, you're basically you're dying in the league. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, you know, do do different things to get, you know, different results. You know, I was, you know, at plateauing a little bit, and the next thing you know, you know, I had a little drop off, and I'm like, you know, it's it's either if I don't change it now, you you go, you're done. So uh, you know, you got to start eating right. You know, you got to start doing some things. You know, I started sleeping a little bit better. Uh, I didn't know sleep could help me out a lot with recovery, but it does. Right. You know, you get about seven and a half, you know, eight hours of sleep. You know, you clear everything out the room. No no clocks. Put your phone face down. I wanted to, me and my wife argued, you know, about getting the TV out of the room, but mm-hmm. I couldn't do that because we got a baby girl. She wants to come in the morning and watch her, you know. Right. You need those blue, and- blue glasses where the TV can be on, but you can still rest. This is like actually a thing. I've heard some of the players talk about that. If they're Does it married- cover up the ears too? Is that one nah, of those things? I actually got the old school, you know, the sleep. Yeah. Uh, the sleep stuff, so that way I can just really, the, the blackout goggles or whatever you want to call it, you can just mm-hmm. wrap around it and I go to sleep. I mean, if I can, it, w- it usually takes me like 30 minutes to go to sleep. It takes right. me no, no more than 10 minutes. I would think being next to JJ's locker, JJ's been talking about sleep for years, it seems like. He was talking about a hard knocks. He gets a crazy amount of sleep, what, like nine or well, 10 he, hours? Well, his he goal, he said Olympic athletes get about 10 hours or something. So yes. he was trying to find a way to get that. I don't know if he achieved that or not. I don't know what I haven't talked to him about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that up. But I have I went from six and a half to eight and a half sleep, and it does tremendous. Like I can't, I and I'm going to sleep at least by nine thirty or ten, mm-hmm. and I'm up at six thirty on the dot. 
Like I don't even need an alarm clock no more. That's amazing. Like That's I don't. I, I I set an alarm clock for six thirty five. I beat it every day. I, the last two days I've woke up at six twenty two between six twenty six twenty and six twenty five. And you mentioned recovery. So if you have a tough workout or you have an injury, you feel like it gets better faster if you're getting that much sleep. Yes, it actually does. On top of the other stuff, you right? Know, it's always you know it's just more stuff. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you cold tub, you rehab. You know, you're going to do whatever you need to do to stretch right. You know, thank God to the new strength uh, strength staff, but that sleep does does a lot. It does really. See, I good talk for to me. the coaches sometimes about this. Bill O'Brien gives me a hard time. He wants I bring the coaches it, to get more sleep. I, I bring it up on his show. I say, "Well, what about the coaches getting sleep? Because these guys <sighs> they, don't they get don't, enough." I don't sleep. think they know how to do that. I don't think you. I mean, obviously, is you know, we we're, everything we do is physical. So we mm-hmm. we're, we're running, we're planning. You know, we breaking our bodies down. Right. Only way we can, you know, really recuperate, you know, is by doing other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. sleeping. You know, the coaches ain't really doing much. They uh <laughs> I mean obviously they, I mean physical side wise, they're not doing much. So you know obviously they do I mean some of them, some guys do some coaches do no, need some sleep mean. because you know they come in there and start yelling at you, you like, oh, they gotta need some sleep. <laughs> need a little bit of sleep, you know. You were talking about elevating your game to the next level. How about last year? I mean obviously with the injuries that was a storyline, but you got a lot of opportunity out there and play how does that change your perspective heading into this offseason how much you're able to take out of actually getting real starts and playing time with all the injuries that had happened i mean you definitely take a lot out of it man you got some uh you got some you know some pros and cons to it i have more pros and cons but i'm always focusing on my cons so i want to get better at the stuff i, I really didn't do too much well but it all came from the opportunity i had so you know, once I was blessed with that opportunity, you know, I you know I just I took it to full advantage. I, I, um, hopefully, I, you know, to the coaches I got better, but to my eyes, I, re- I, mean, I I took a step, but it wasn't the step that I needed to take. I always want to have to take a steady a steady step up the up, up the ladder. But there's always some things you can work on. You can never settle and, and rest. That's when the when you start doing that, complacency kicks in. Man, it's just a a, a time before it's over with. Brand, Brandon Dunn with us. We always talk about, you know, what position are you, but there's so much versatility needed in this defense because yeah. you just look from one play to the next, all of a sudden, Merciless is in the middle at the nose, and yeah. who knows where everybody else is. So how important is that mental part of it and the physical just to line up in different places, be able to do that? Man, it's, 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 it can get tricky sometimes. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not, you know, obviously, you know, if you're not coming in here with the – if you come in with the attitude of only playing one, you're already lost. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Rax, and, you know, he asked you to play b- multiple positions. You know, yeah. my first year I played defense in, I went to nose, back to defense in, and I'm at nose. You just got to know it all, left, right, through, right. through and all. And once you, if you can know what everybody else is doing, man, it makes your jobs easier. That man is a fantastic interview, and I think he's growing into a really good football player. And when you think about this defensive line, Brandon Dunn, DJ Reader. J.J. Watt coming back, Christian Covington coming back, Joel Heath, who we talked to, Angelo Blackson, Carlos Watkins. It's a pretty deep defensive line room at this particular moment. I remember reading during the draft there were there were some mock drafts that had the Texans taking a defensive lineman with that first pick, and I just thought that doesn't that doesn't make any sense because this room, albeit maybe some names you don't recognize. They've gone out there and done some really good things up front. And you, especially with Watt coming back and all that he can do, it's a very interesting group to put together. Watkins, Dunn, Heath, Covington, Blackson, Reeder, Watt. They are, I don't want to say loaded up front, 
But they've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things for this defense, and Brandon Dunn ends up being one of those guys. And I mentioned to Mark earlier, when Brandon and Carlos Watkins and DJ Reader were on with Seth and Landry Locker on uh, Mad Radio on Friday morning, Seth was talking after they had left about what, what these guys look like because they're going through the sports performance training and going through the conditioning and what they're doing. And he just said, you know, look, NFL linemen, a lot of times, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, you know, they can look sloppy, they can look fat. These defensive linemen do not look that way. There's, I mean, they are athletic, they can move, and they're put together very, very well. And a few of them could do some pretty good interviews as well. And Brandon Dunn is one of those guys that does some outstanding interviews. We're very appreciative for a few minutes of his time. I'm just uh, I'm just a little bit upset I didn't get a chance to interview him myself. My daughter had some academic awards that she had to receive, which is fantastic. That's a little humble brag on her because she's outstanding, but she had two awards to win, so I had to go to that ceremony and miss a chance to talk to, B, uh, to Brandon Dunn, DJ Dunning, but hopefully we'll get a chance to do that at the Greenbrier uh, in a few weeks. Man, that's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming, people. I'm telling you, it's coming, and I think we definitely need it. All right, speaking of coming up, the immediate – coming up is going to be drew doherty he's going to stop by and we're going to talk about our in the lab if you missed the in the lab podcast you definitely want to hear it what would be your all-time nfl offensive players from texas universities i'm not bitter anymore about him not letting me draft cam newton because i did get sammy ball but we'll discuss that and then some right here on texans all access next welcome back to a friday edition of texans all access from the hyundai texans radio studio i'm your host john harris want to reiterate uh, what we mentioned earlier in the show with everything that's gone on today at Santa Fe High School. It's been a really tough day. The Texans put out a statement about what's happened down there in Santa Fe, and our hearts uh, go out to the people out there. And I, I have been, I've been through that before. It was, a, it was not a mass shooting. It was, it was two people. Um, I lost my mentor and a good friend, the person that had hired me many, many years ago to a school shooting. So, um I can I empathize fully with the parents, the students, and everybody involved. And so our hearts go out to everybody down there in Santa Fe. As I also said in the first segment, we got to do we got to do radio. We got to do it the best way we know how. We got to try to be a diversion for the people um, and do our jobs. So we're going to do our jobs. We're going to talk football. And my man with me right now is Drew Doherty. You can see him on Texas three sixty, dear Drew which is one of my favorites. I watch Dear Drew each and every week. Thank you. I think my favorite, my new favorite for Dear Drew mm-hmm. was the running in the outfit. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Yeah, the, that was pretty good. That, that basically looked like a Dr. Seuss mm-hmm. outfit on steroids. It was pretty good. It was $15 on Amazon. <laughs> really? It was made of, it's not silk because you can't get probably silk made for 15 bucks, but. It was um, it was an incredibly uncomfortable outfit. So, really? Yeah. Did not did not feel good. So you're never gonna wear that again. Oh no, I'll what wear it again, telling? but uh, it'll be in in spurts. So yeah. it'll be in spurts. Uh, what's been the response to in the lab thus far from people that uh, have read? I I've the ones that I've seen on Twitter. I think it's funny because a lot of people have tried to put together theirs because of the way that you put it on Twitter. I thought it was yeah, an interesting way of putting that. But still, people go with the the what and what John is referencing is. You have to create an all-time NFL offense, like a good NFL offense. But the players stress the NFL part. The players, yeah, they have to have come from a Texas school. So, like, some guy, God bless him, you know, had Earl. Okay, that's that was one of yep. my picks. He had Vince Young as quarterback. No, 
Vince Young is not better than Bobby Lane. Or Sammy Ball. Vince Young is not better than Sammy Ball. Vince Young is not better as an NFL quarterback than Don Meredith. No. So he's down the list there. And then we had some other ones. I can't remember. You you, you were copied on some. Yeah, I saw I saw a few of them. And, you well, know, it's, I, I, was, I had one the other night. A guy, he said, Eric over LT. <laughs> That's the Browns drafting. And at initially, I thought he was talking to you, talking about Eric Dickerson over LaDainian oh. Tomlinson. And I just put, nope. And then I thought, oh, he's talking about me taking Eric, Eric Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, I was like, well, why would I want to clog up the running back spot when I could open up the offense for Earl and kind of stretch things out a little bit? Because you get a fast guy in Eric Metcalf. You have a deep threat in Mike Evans. you got Ray Berry who can do all of those things. So I was, I'm cool with my – and I think Eric Metcalf, judging, think on, judging, judging, judging on what I saw of him at Texas and – what I saw of him in the pros, I don't think he was used properly in the pros. No, you know what? Eric Metcalf was probably, because he got to the league, what, 80, 88, yeah, 89, somewhere in, that, yeah. somewhere in that time frame. He probably was about, I would think, probably about 20 years too early. Yeah. Because had Eric Metcalf come out, you know, what Darren Sproles came out in 2003. I think he would have been better than what Sproles, and Sproles is awesome. Yeah, Sproles is fantastic. But I think he was, he was more accomplished than Darren Sproles. I don't think... I don't think the NFL of the late 80s and early 90s knew how to use a player of that capacity. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with quarterbacks. We saw it with uh, position players. We saw it with a – I wish there was a good term for a player like Eric Metcalf, and we, a and diversified portfolio-like player. He was still capable. He made three – he was first-team all-pro three yeah. times as a right. returner. Yeah. So I, I just think he could have been used much more brilliantly on offense. And, and I think if you would have put him – for example, you took Eric Metcalf, and take Reggie Bush off the 2009 Saints and put Eric Metcalf on there. You, I mean, we'd all been talking about an 85 catch season. Mm-hmm. He would have caught, you know, nearly a thousand yards. He would run the football in some way, shape, or form. And you put Eric Metcalf on this offense last year with the Texans. I mean, that's, whew. yeah. I mean, that would have been that would have been dynamic. I mean, he was one of the 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 one one player I remember from college that. Made people miss in a fold with. I mean, he was he He's like was a the bead of definition. mercury. I've said it a few times. He's like you a did. bead of mercury. You know, and it, it's funny that those those players come around. I mean, I think, you know, I've been I wrote an article uh, for the for the yearbook, our annual yearbook. We all have an article, and I had the defense, and mm-hmm. so I was thinking about what kind of angle to take with the defense, and so I wrote down the name Zach Cunningham. I started thinking, you know, Zach came out of Vanderbilt. You know, he's six three. He's longer. But he's two hundred thirty pounds. You know, back in the day, I don't know that Zach would have been drafted in the second round at that at that at that size. Yeah, you know he he might have. Oh, well, yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of a tweener. Well, you know, tweeners are now sort of in vogue in the NFL. He's important. He can cover Absolutely. a lot of different guys now. And Absolutely, you're throwing the ball so much more often. But you got to still be able to respect the run. He can do both yep. those things. He's he's there. I mean, that that was a great great choice by the I Texans. Mean, he yeah. had a, he had a very because you only won four games, you're not going to hear much about him. But he had a really good year he last did. year. And yeah. When they start winning, he's going to be a big, big part of that. Obviously, the quarterback position is most important. But you're going to point to Zach Cunningham in the years to come and be very, very impressed and very, very thankful that he's on your squad. You want me to make a, a bold proclamation? Do it. Here, here's my, here's my bold prediction. At the end of the season, Zach Cunningham will be one of your top five players in the entire team. Yeah, I don't think that's – no offense. I don't think that's very bold at all. I think no, that's I – mean, 
I, I think, think there's some people they're going, no, no, what? Merciless, Clown, Watson, Hopkins. Yeah. They'll, they'll go on and on. I'm telling you, and, and, and I'm just I'm saying with Zach Cunningham, sure. you've got a player that you can do a lot with. And whether it's just playing inside linebacker, doing doing the things you want inside linebacker to do, he now can do that. Mm-hmm. He showed that last year. One of the plays that we did on the film room was him clogging up an isolation play, yeah. which is fantastic to watch. But I think players like Zach Cunningham, are, are ones that may not – I mean, I think Zach would have gotten drafted, but I think teams would have gone, well, I'm not really sure. He can only play in a 4-3. He's got to be an outside linebacker in 4-3. No. This dude is – He could play in a 4-3. He could. But he could. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Texas play some 4-3 this year. Sure. Yeah, they're going to play everything. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll do a little bit of, uh, of everything. But I think a guy like Zach Cunningham, and, and that's why I think of Eric Metcalf, because you did – it's funny, you took Eric Metcalf, and I'm sitting over there about to take Larry Centers because I'm like, well, you know, I had two running backs. I'll take a fullback. He'll be my flex, you know, kind of sh- surprise everybody. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. We only have one running back. and I already taken Eric Dickerson. So I took LaDainian Tomlinson, who was a different player than Eric Metcalf, but did a lot of the same things, catching sure. the ball in the backfield, running football, and I kind of felt, cetera. I kind of felt a little bit dumb leaving all those touchdowns off the – I mean, he had 100-some touchdowns. Yeah. But I just I already had Eric – or, excuse me, I already had Earl Campbell and figured let's let's like stretch the this philosophy offense. is sound. Yeah, let's stretch the philosophy this was sound. I think I it's do just th- many people didn't get a chance to see Eric Metcalf and what he could really do, especially out in space. And it's such a space game now mm-hmm. for for the NFL, for college, for high school. It's all a space game. Yeah, I mean, you don't play this game in a phone booth anymore, and you need those athletes, you need guys like Zach Cunningham to go out and cover a guy like Le'Veon Bell who had two hundred twenty five pounds is. You know, maybe the best dual threat back in the in the league, and Zach Cunningham goes out one on one, covers him. You need players like that yeah. on the offensive side. You need a player like Eric Metcalf. That's why I say, twenty years later, I think Eric Metcalf would have been remembered along the lines of along the lines of Darren Sproles. Totally, I don't think Sproles will end up going to the Hall of Fame or or something along those lines. But we remember, oh man, Darren Sproles had a huge impact on the NFL when the Texans played the Saints in New Orleans in two thousand eleven. I think it was week three ish. I held my breath every time the ball went to Sproles yeah. because he was that was a great that defense that the Texans mm-hmm. had, and even they had their problems with him. I, I just he was one of those guys. Him, AJ Green. When they go deep to AJ Green, I always just hold my breath on the, on those plays. Yeah, it, it, it's funny over the years though. AJ Green has he really hasn't had that big. Not now. He's had Andy Dalton throwing the ball. Well, you know, here's and the Dalton's thing. Dalton's misfired on a lot of balls versus the Texans. To no, he has, thankfully. Yeah. But even even last year, they didn't try to go deep to him yeah. against us, which I thought was weird. I, I you know, the guy like AJ Green, I would think at least once or twice a game, it is we're going to max protect, we're going to leave everybody in, and it's AJ, and it might be against three three cover guys. Sure. And you just throw it as far as you can, can and see what he can do because he'll. You know, like Hopkins, you, you, I, I think you get too cute with that. But, but AJ's never really had a huge game. Knock on wood, the Texans won't see him. Yeah, if they do see him, it'll be in the playoffs. But he did. I remember in fifteen, no, I'm sorry, fourteen game here. The game they, that's the only game they've won. Yeah. in the last ten years, he had twelve catches, but they were all kind of nickel or dime, nickel or dime catches. He was catching Bottled the ball up, in front. Yeah, yeah it was really. I mean, it was like twelve catches. It was you know, 110 yards. I mean, yeah. trust me, that's a great day. That's a tremendous day, but it wasn't that back-breaking play, but it was just consistent. It was just little, 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 and really didn't go down the field. But he's done that to, obviously, so many people. But when we got the quarterbacks, I had Andy Dalton on my list because 
He's had three Pro Bowls. Now, obviously, he's replaced guys. At yeah, seven. but, but you knew. You also knew depth. Were you also knew just you? You only really need to have two quarterbacks right. on your right. draft board. Right. So that's what I did. Yeah. You know? Because Vince he went to two Pro Bowls, but I don't know that you would say Vince was. I don't think you would say Vince was an overriding success in the NFL. And are you going to take any? Are you going to take any quarterback over two Hall of Famers? No, no. Ball and Lane. No. Well, let's take those two out of the equation. Take Don Marath out of the equation. I give you Andy Dalton, Vince Young, Case Keenum. Which one are you taking? Mm. Case has not gone to any Pro Bowls, but he got the AFC Championship game last year with the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, right now you go with Case. If you have to look at body of work, I think you got to go with Dalton. But he's he's Dalton is. I feel sorry for that guy because up in Cincinnati, he is – I don't want to say – he's not persona non grata, but he's right. just he, – he takes his lumps up there, man. Yeah. They were – even when, when the Texans played them, mm-hmm. week two last year, people were, were wanting A.J. McCarron. They're just talking with the fan base. Yeah. I went out with some friends from Cincinnati the night before, and yeah. nobody, I mean, to a man, was, was in Andy Dalton's corner. And yet he's going into his eighth year starting yeah. this year yeah. in Cincinnati. Which is amazing to think about. You know, I, I was listening the other day. I can't remember. I think it may have been the Triple Threat talking about this. They were talking about the various divisions in football. And they were talking about the AFC North. And as I got to thinking about the, the just the AFC in general, I think, the tough, AFC South, division, I think the AFC South is going to be the best division, in, if not in football, in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think AFC West is still going to be, uh, as Jarrah would say, a slobber knocker. I mean, I think, I think the Chargers are the best team in that division. But I think the Chiefs and the Raiders are right there. I think the Broncos are a little bit behind, but Case gives them a good year. Who knows what they can do? I think the AFC East is the worst, one of the worst divisions in football. It's, it's got the Patriots. So top heavy, yeah. Yeah, I think the AFC North is is closer to the AFC East than is anything else. I after losing to Baltimore last year, I'm like that should have never happened, and that was a team that we took to Baltimore that was woefully lacking. Rabbit. You had and then during ravaged. the game you had Brian Peters playing outside linebacker, right? Right, and you lost that game by seven, and you, you were driving down by four yeah. with a chance, and then turned the ball over uh, against them. Cincinnati, I, you know, Cincinnati just kind of stuck on a, like an average plateau, like seven yeah. and nine, eight and eight, kind of. They're on that plateau after a great year in fifteen, up until we beat them, and then they started struggling, and then lost in the playoffs. They really have not, they've been like seven and nine, eight and eight, somewhere six and ten, somewhere in that range, and I don't see them getting beyond that. Baltimore. This could be it for Flacco with Lamar Jackson. Now, when Lamar takes Look over, out. then it's a whole different ball. Look game. out, man! Then it's a whole different ball game. And then you got the Browns, and you, you know, I've seen I've seen people pick the Steelers and the Browns to win that division, and the Ravens and Bengals. No. I still think it's a little early to. I think so too. Crown the Browns. It's gonna be interesting December second to see who's starting at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. And I would, I hope, I hope at that point that Baker Mayfield is starting. And Davin Bellamy finds his way on the field. That would be kind of nice. Those two, uh, those two have met before in the Rose Bowl, and then they met after the Rose Bowl with one of the funnier quotes uh, of all time: hashtag Humble yourself from Davin Bellamy. So uh, it was, you know, well, we'll see. But I just look at the AFC South, the AFC North, excuse me, as I, I put it on part the AFC East. I just, I, if the Texans were in the AFC North, just take out take out the Steelers and put the Texans in there. I think the Texans, Texans could realistically go 5-1, 6-0 against those teams in division. I think they could. Easily. I think they could. Yeah, Easily. I, I'm with you. I, it's all about number four, man. Number four is upright. You're right about that. All is well. All is well. Drew, appreciate it, my friend. Anytime. And that'll do it for tonight's show. Big thanks to Drew, to Mark, to Brandon Dunn. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Everybody back in the studios at Sports Radio 610. 
It's been a tough day in the city of Houston, in particular down south in Santa Fe. Thoughts and prayers with everybody in that area, anybody affected, family members, friends. Our thoughts are with you. Have a great weekend, everybody. And as always, go Texans.